First Tucker, then the Pope, now CPAC. The last week has been momentous, that's for sure, and on several fronts. Hi, I'm Mark, and this is Unbiased. Starting with Tucker Carlson and his exit from Fox News. His firing, or his resignation, basically their parting of ways, means that the most high-visibility voice telling the US that Hungary is an exciting success story, which it is, is no longer on the air. Of course, I would think that. I am unbiased. In the short term, this isn't great for Hungary, at least when it comes to media relations within the United States. He spoke of Hungary seriously, took the nation seriously, and was willing to entertain the notion that perhaps there are countries which do, do things differently, and perhaps they also do things better. In some ways, he did the same thing with El Salvador. Of course, it's much worse for the US, as it has now banished the lone voice in the mainstream media speaking out on all the big issues, including the COVID and vaccine racket, Nord Stream, Ukraine corruption, Julian Assange and the true freedom of the press, the CIA involvement in JFK's assassination, the fake gas attack in Syria, the collapse of Building 7, something which he only alluded to in an interview. And he was also the only outlet that gave airtime to prominent independent journalists like Glenn Greenwald, Aaron Maté, and so on. At the same time, he was the first truly big media name to travel to Hungary and speak with Viktor Orban, as well as getting a small taste of what Hungary is actually like. So having him off the airwaves is a blow for Hungary, albeit a soft one. Judging by his one short video post-Fox, Tucker Carlson has a huge audience and huge following. I expect him to land on his feet and to come back less encumbered by what he should and shouldn't say. I hope he comes back soon, not only for Hungary's sake, but for sanity's sake in the US media landscape. Only a few days after the Tucker Carlson affair went down, Hungary rolled out the red carpet for the visit of Pope Francis. The Pope was here on an official three-day visit, which began with a visit to the Carmelite Monastery, where he was greeted by Hungary's president, Kotalin Novak. Pope Francis spoke of his concern about the lack of creative efforts towards peace. He also said that governments should prioritize individual and family policies, applauding Hungary's meticulously developed effort on this front. Before becoming president, Kotalin Novak spent time as Minister for Families, a position created by the government to counter Hungary's plummeting birth rate. So this was recognition not just of Hungarian policies, but of her role in them. Pope Francis met with Prime Minister Orban on Friday. The Hungarian government has been very proactive in helping persecuted Christians around the world, and that hasn't gone unnoticed in the Vatican. Orban spoke of Hungary's fundamental law. This declares Christianity as one of the nurturing forces of the Hungarian nation, that Hungary would not exist without Christianity, and that its future depends on sticking to that path, he said. And of course, Pope Francis and Prime Minister Orban spoke of peace, that five-letter word that has been incredibly unpopular over the last year. Orban has been the sole figure in European politics to say that peace is the way. And of course, this message resonated with the Pope. I have seen some political commentators say that the Pope 
didn't say that he wants peace now or peace at all costs, as if he was saying that, sure, the war should continue, there should be thousands more deaths, and then there should be peace. This is a dishonest interpretation of his message, as if to be entirely understood, everything should be spelled out in full. He spoke of peace like Orban has spoken of peace. And the Pope's visit is absolutely an endorsement of Orban and of Hungary's stance. Foremost as a proud Christian nation that helps Christians in need. And yes, it's also an endorsement of Orban's stance on the Russia-Ukraine war. We want peace. We want the fighting to stop now. We want both sides to stop killing each other and to start talking. And so does the Pope. The Pope also visited a seminary, a school and children's home before finishing his three-day visit with an open-air mass held on Koshutir. This is the square that's right behind the Houses of Parliament. As you can imagine, the square was packed. It was a beautiful day, blessed with beautiful weather, and it was a joyous affair which left the crowds on a high. As he was boarding the plane, he was given a parting gift of some home-baking by President Novak, Something again mocked mercilessly as if this were embarrassing. It's not. I don't know how our president bakes, but I know how my wife bakes. If you get bread from my wife, there's nothing close to it in Budapest, and I would expect you to be happy about it. I've no, no clue how Kathleen Novak's baking tastes, but it was a kind gift. Overall, the trip was a success, and it might lead to bigger things on the global stage. On his flight back to Rome, Pope Francis alluded to there being a plan to move close to peace, and that this was something that the Vatican is involved in. If Orban turned to the Pope for help, he probably found the best audience. The EU ignores Hungary or simply wants to bully it, so it ignores all Hungarian pleas. As for the United States, it has made it clear that it rejects all peace proposals without even considering them, as if peace is never supposed to be an option. So turning to the US about peace makes no sense. However, turning to the Pope is different. He has a different flock, as it were, and he is definitely receptive to Orban's message. You shouldn't forget that Orban has also cultivated ties with other Christian religious leaders, and in fact, at one point, there was a rumor that Patriarch Kirill would also be in Budapest at the same time as Pope Francis. Kirill has been the primate of the Russian Orthodox Church, since 2009, but that didn't happen this time. However, something did happen, even Pope Francis said so, and if it leads to peace, I'm all for it. Finally, coming just a few days after the departure of Pope Francis from Hungary, Budapest will be hosting CPAC for a second consecutive year. The Conservative Political Action Conference is a political conference attended by conservative activists and elected officials from across the US and around the world. In fact, this year's event not only has a keynote address from Viktor Orban, but there will be speakers and participants from most European countries here, as well as conservative thinkers, American politicians, conservative media personalities, and perhaps even some possible presidential candidates. Tucker Carlson will be there also, but only via video, video message, which is a shame. Last year, Trump also checked in via video. I'll be there, uh, just as I was last year. Then I found it 
fascinating on a number of levels, but what I think is the most impressive feat is that it is happening here in Budapest at all. I mean, CPAC is an American thing, so why is it in Budapest? Obviously, it's not in Hungary for donations. Most Hungarians have no clue what CPAC is. Most Hungarians couldn't pick Ron DeSantis out of a lineup, so it's not because of the average Hungarian's interest in US politics. No, in my opinion, CPAC is an event that the Hungarian government managed to bring to Budapest because Hungary, slowly but surely, is becoming the hub for a new form of conservatism in Europe. This philosophical approach runs through many Fidesz policies and is a testament, I think, to Bolaj Orban. He has the same last name as Viktor, but they're not related. He's also in the cabinet. Most telling, though, it's uh, not just words. Hungary has 10 years of these conservative policies behind it, and the results are visible. What Hungary does has worked. Maybe those practices only work here, who knows, in the Carpathian Basin, but they have worked. Hungary is in a far better place now than it was 13 years ago. And over the same number of years, it's hard to notice that in the US, the UK, France, Germany, Italy, Spain, the standard of living there has declined. America is obviously in the worst state. Here from the outside, it looks like a society that, that has completely disintegrated. From the junkies and empty streets of San Francisco to the mental illness of wokeness that seems to be plaguing everyone, the endless mass shootings that happen so often, most don't even make, make the news. And now the financial collapse that risks bankrupting half the population. The situation there is awful. Um, it's like those trains, um, it's, it's gone off the rails. As someone who lived and studied in the US, the decline is terrifying to see. I feel lucky now to live here in Hungary where neither I nor my family have to deal with any of these god-awful problems. I hope the US can turn things around, but it likely won't be the present decrepit group of politicians that does it. No, the responsibility lies with the next generation of conservatives, many of whom will be here in Budapest this week. I'll be interested to see what they say, and most tellingly, whether they leave Hungary thinking, damn, why don't we do these things back home? Or whether it's just a conference and they return home with a thicker Rolodex of like-minded people. I'll also be interested to see which are the important themes and topics over the two-day event, and I'll be checking in probably on the Friday. That's all for now. Thanks for listening. More next time. Thank you.